Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Miss Danielle, and this is Help a Human Out. Yes, we are going to talk about George Floyd. And we're going to talk about the sentencing of Derek Chauvin. 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 I don't know. I don't care, honestly. He's not important right now. We're also going to talk about inequity in the American prison industrial complex. By now, we've all had over a year to digest something that has been, well, fucking hard to digest the murder of George Floyd. On Friday, June 25th, the sentencing happened. But before that, months, over a year before that, May 25th, 2020, it was a day that shocked Minnesota first and foremost. And then the trickle-down effect of the country, and the world. There's this video of George Floyd's daughter. She is on the shoulders of Steven Jackson, a former NBA player, and he's holding her hands. I'm sure you've seen it. It's been put into artwork. It's been put into memes. It's everywhere. And she says, Daddy changed the world. It's powerful, it's heartbreaking, it's true, and it shouldn't have to be true. May 25th, 2020, the murder of George Floyd, when Minneapolis, and then Minnesota, and then the country, and then the world, felt the murder of George Floyd. In the beginning, we thought it was only eight minutes and 46 seconds. I said only, as if that isn't a long time. It's a ridiculous amount of time to have someone kneel on your neck. But later, it was revealed that it was actually nine minutes and 29 seconds. As a professional broadcaster, there is so much I can do with 60 seconds. I think in sound bites, 15 seconds, 30 seconds. 60 seconds, 120 seconds. I am brilliant when it comes to understanding what can happen in very little time. So I really cannot imagine anyone kneeling on anyone's neck ever, actually. But for nine minutes and 29 seconds, no words. And then the world woke up, maybe, cried, grieved, 
There were worldwide protests. The name George Floyd was everywhere. You couldn't look anywhere, be on any type of social media, turn the TV on, be in any type of anything without hearing or seeing or talking to someone about George Floyd. We witnessed a murder. It's weird to even think about it like that, but we did. We witnessed a murder. And some of us were instantly changed. I wish all of us were instantly changed, but it doesn't always happen the way that we want it to. So here we are, over a year later, still digesting, still grieving, still wondering, what kind of world do we live in? And do we feel relief? Do we feel relief? Some of us probably. I remember when the murderer was actually convicted. And I remember not feeling great about it. I remember feeling numb. I wanted to feel something, but we were so used to things not going our way. And when I say we, I am talking about Black Americans. I can't speak for us all, but I've been Black my whole life. And all the Black people that I know, the text messages, the, I don't know. I just don't know what to feel. I can't, I know. Because you shouldn't have to witness a murder and think, oh shit, what if he gets off? But it's happened so many times. And so when the murderer was actually convicted, we didn't even know how to feel. George Floyd's murder really did change the world. And we're just a few days out from the sentencing and we're still processing. I'm still processing. I didn't cry when the 22 and a half sentence was stated by the judge. I remember being super nervous, but also I had come to a sense of control the controllables. I knew what I saw and I knew that I wasn't the only one to see it. And I prayed that justice would be served. But then I thought deep. Justice being served. 22 and a half years is a long time. When the murderer is released from jail, I'll be over 56 years old. 
it is a long time. Is it long enough? No. Is everyone happy and rejoicing? No. Do we feel some type of relief? I do. I don't know if everyone does, but I can say that I am relieved he will go to jail for a really long time. I don't feel he should ever see the light of day, and he just might. But George... George Floyd changed the world. Diving into the court hearing and, you know, the final statements, the final closing, everything, it was so powerful and lots happened. I mean, for the first time since the trial started, the conviction, everything, Derek Chauvin spoke for the first time, he acknowledged the death of George Floyd. He sent condolences to the family. His mother also spoke. As a mother, I wonder, I wonder, will I always ride for my kids? I think about that. Is there something that my kids could do that would make me not love them? No, probably not. That's the truth. And also, accountability. My kids are nine and six years old and they already know the words accountability. So if my children do something wrong, if my children cause harm, if my children murder people, they will go to jail and I will still love them. But I absolutely 100% would offer condolences to the family and I would not, could not talk about my bright and shining, wonderful children if they kneeled on someone's neck and suffocated them to death. Love my children still? Absolutely. I don't think it is a bond you can sever, at least not personally for me. But accountability. And then what happened after the murder of George Floyd? A burning city, and then burning cities all over the country an election that terrified everyone on both sides. Everybody was scared. An insurrection that I could literally watch from the rooftop of my house. Blatant racism, a pandemic. It's been a lot, and we have all experienced so much trauma. No one more than the family of George Floyd. Where do we go from here? Especially when we think about how right after the murder of George Floyd, Minnesota experienced the murder of Dante Wright on the other side of the same city. 
where do we go from here? Here's the truth. I have spent a really long time being angry at the police, being angry at the inequities that are so blatant for some of us and just completely off the radar for some other of us. (laughs) How we still exist in a world that can deny racism, that can deny educational inequity, that can deny the fact that there is a school-to-prison pipeline, that there are different rules of justice for Black and brown people than there are for our peach counterparts. But where do we go from here? Was George Floyd's murder in vain? Will it continue to be? And how many names can we say? How many names can we say? How many hashtags can there be? How many before we actually do something? Before laws are passed and mothers get to stop mourning and babies get to stop being orphaned? but where do we go from here? Well, Derek Chauvin will go to prison for 22 and a half years. Every May 25th, we will see George Floyd's face and the world will remember the man who changed the world. People like Assistant Minnesota Attorney General Matthew Frank will be thought highly of for the work and the compassion, the empathy, the obvious emotions that he poured into his closing statements, his closing arguments. Minneapolis, a city that burned, rebuilt, fought hard, Black Lives Matter flags flying all over the city. And I think that's where we go from here. There's a long list of names. I could read them off to you. Um, Instead, I need you to know that there are so many names that I actually remember by heart. Years and years and years of names, stories that are of complete strangers, and yet I know them. I know that Tamir Rice was playing in the park with a fake gun. I think of me and my five brothers as kids playing cops and robbers and how unbelievably dangerous that would be right now. And Tamir Rice was a child. I think about Trayvon Martin walking home with his Skittles and his pop or soda, depending on where you are in the country. I 
I think about Sandra Bland not wanting to put out her cigarette when she got pulled over. And how she died. Just, to pull, just getting pulled over. I think about Eric Garner and the death sentence for selling cigarettes outside of a uh, outside of a store. I think about Oscar Grant, whose hands were behind his back. He was on his way home from hanging out on New Year's who died in a subway station, a metro station, unarmed, hands behind his back. I think of Freddie Gray and the crazy-ass ride he must have been given for his body to break in the places that it did in the ambulance that should have been called but wasn't. I think of Brianna Taylor. Home. What was she talking about that night? Did she tell her boyfriend that she loved him as they hung out and got ready to go to sleep? Not realizing that at any moment, she wasn't going to be around anymore. I think about all their mothers. The people that loved them. I think about Walter Scott in the video of him running away from the police and being shot in the back. And the only reason why we know that that is what happened is because someone was there to record it. I think about Ahmad Arbery. What was going through his mind that morning when he set out for that run? Could he have possibly felt it in his body that he was never going to make it home? And how awful he must have felt being closed in on by angry white men. I think about all these people who clearly feared for their lives as they took their last breaths. And I'm grateful and thankful that there are so many of us who have never had to feel that feeling. There are so many names There are so many hashtags. There are so many stories. And it's heartbreaking. I could read off so many more names. I could hold space for so many more people. And we do, and we will. But at some point, if the list keeps growing, 
we're gonna run out of breath. If there's more names and we continue to not see accountability, we're gonna run out of breath. And then we'll all know what it means to not be able to breathe. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So here's where we go from here. We recognize that there is a racist problem. We don't get defensive when people call out our racism, whether that be blatant racism, microaggressions. We were all raised in a racist society. We all have things to work on. Every single one of us. Now, Derek Chauvin will be spending 22 and a half years thinking about all the ways he can redeem his soul. But what can we do? I think it starts with us, individually. I used to be so committed to wanting to change the world, and I realized... Finally. Then when we change ourselves, we do actually change the world. We cannot save everything and everyone. But we can pour so much into ourselves. And the more love we pour into ourselves, the more love we have to pour into others. The more work we put into ourselves, the better we show up in the world. And it invites other people to show up better too. Make better decisions. Do better things. There is so much to unlearn. And we have to be committed to unlearning it. This is not a one-day thing. This is not a weekly thing, a monthly thing, a yearly thing. This is a lifetime commitment. To discomfort, really. It's in those uncomfortable moments, it's when we are the most uncomfortable that we are shifting, transforming, growing. 
we are complete advocates on this podcast to sit in the discomfort. I urge you to sit in it, learn from it, understand it, conquer it. I know you don't have 22 and a half years locked behind bars to think about how you can change and shift and grow, but it should be a part of your daily process. You should not wake up every day the same person. You should be better every single day because when we know better, we do better. And every day there is a lesson in every day. And for the love of God, there's been so many hashtags. So many people don't get to live the rest of their lives. So what are you going to do with yours? How are you going to show up in the world? Fearful or fearless? Quiet in your anti-racism or loud? Are you going to put your money where your mouth is? Are you going to pour money into Black businesses, brown businesses, Black people, minority-owned things? Are you going to unlearn your own deficits? I don't know about you, but I am so committed to being the best version of myself, unlearning my own shit, breaking generational curses, trying to mold these little people into freedom fighters. And it's hard to do that when the world keeps providing us with hashtags. The entire country watched a murder And there were still people out there donating to a murderer's GoFundMe, pouring money into the defense team, claiming that Derek Chauvin did nothing wrong and always victim blaming, pulling up George Floyd's past. I want to say a few things because I think it's important. And I love, I love this space. I want to thank you for allowing me the space to process out loud sometimes. Sometimes we do this podcast and we have amazing guests. And we get to have these incredible conversations, which are all centered on helping people. And sometimes my team sits down and we realize the world has hit us again with something intense and we have to pause. We have to stop. We have to sit in the discomfort. And holy shit, is it uncomfortable to watch a murder and then watch the murderer be sentenced to 22 and a half years. Could it have been worse? Yes. Should he ever see the light of day? I don't think so. Racism exists. 
everywhere. Racism is at all levels of the justice system. I don't think people realize that there are people, there are black people with life sentences for drug charges. There's also been a 500% increase in U.S. jail and prison population in the last 40 years. And guess who makes up the majority of that? Sentences imposed on black males in the federal system are nearly 20% longer than those imposed on white males convicted of similar crimes. Why is that? In the federal system, over 70% of those serving life without parole, black people. Black people compose 13% of the general population, but 28% of total arrests and 38% of felony convictions. How is that? Why is that? Black men are six times more likely to be incarcerated than white men. And as an educator, whew, the way schools are militarizing their systems, the way kids, children are handled, black and brown bodies, first and second graders being handcuffed. If you got a handcuff, a first and second grader, you should not be a police officer. I just want to make a note that all of our sources for the data in this episode will be linked in our show description if you want to look for yourself, and you should. You really should. There's so much to see. There's so much to say. And I could do it all day. But I want to ask one more time. Where do we go from here? I am one woman I'm a black woman I identify as queer I'm a mother of two beautiful little girls a partner to a fantastic man black man I'm an educator I am actively anti-racist, and I want you to know that I'm going to get it wrong too sometimes. Because I was raised in the very same America as you. 
And I'm saying that because I want you to know that you're going to get it wrong sometimes. And that is okay. Unless you stop trying. We have over 400 years of oppression. We live on stolen land and still celebrate the people who stole the land even though they committed genocide. In Old Town Alexandria, Virginia, Robert E. Lee, a statue, was just taken down. This is America. Calling attention to the deficits of your country doesn't mean you are not patriotic. It means the exact opposite. It means you want more. It means you want your country to change, live up to what it said it was supposed to be. That's how we move forward. We acknowledge the past. We hold space for the harm. And we commit to not allowing it to continue. We don't create laws that ban critical race theory and then make Juneteenth a holiday. Make it make sense. It doesn't. We cannot keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. Definition of insanity. If you're quiet and you're hearing racist remarks, do better. If you see someone in harm's way, say something, do something. And if for the love of God, you counter with all lives matter, when someone says black lives matter, I'm probably not the first one to tell you this, but you're racist. I am going to move forward, committed to being the best version of myself. And the best version of myself is going to make sure I unlearn my patriarchy, my toxic masculinity, my own internal oppression, internal racism, my own sexism. I was raised in the same country as you, and I have shit to unlearn. We all have things we are working on and working through, and we can do it together. And maybe the first step is to take away the shame. You don't have to feel guilty for your privilege, but it would be nice if you recognized it. Use it for good. Wear that shit like a badge of honor and use it for good. You got it. Give us a seat at the table. When you are sitting in boardrooms, talking about how to help people of color, look around the room and make sure there are people of color in the room. 
You can't help us without us. Don't have conversations about us without us. Stop asking how to help us to everyone but us. We know a little bit about what we need. And trust and believe we will advocate for it. We've been advocating for it. The question is, are you listening? Do you hear us? And maybe, just maybe, if we all learn to accept people the way that they are, the way that they show up in the world, if we didn't fear what's different from us, whether that be a gay man, a polyamorous couple, a black person, an Asian person, an overweight person, a super skinny person, if people were allowed to show up in the world exactly how they are, we wouldn't have all these fucking problems. Does it really come down to minding our business? Could it be that easy? No, it can't. But if we start to mind our own business, if we start to allow people to show up in the world exactly how they are, if we start to show up in the world unapologetically us, for me, that is unapologetically loud, unapologetically woman, black. I am mama, I am fierce, hear me roar. If we start to show up in the world as ourselves, unapologetically, maybe other people will too. And maybe that will be the trickle-down effect. Let's get the ball rolling. Let's commit to showing up exactly how we are. And let's commit to allowing others to do the same. And when someone tells them that they can't, let's commit to having their back. I know that for years there was a stop snitching campaign. I'm telling everybody. I'm snitching. I'm saying something. If I see something, I'm saying something. I tell. Tell with me. Call it out. Call it out. Mind your business when it comes to what people are doing with their life. Do not mind your business If you see someone in harm's way, if you hear someone being blatantly racist, if you see a child in danger, I am everybody's mama, not just Marley and Della's. And you better believe if your son screams out or your child screams out somewhere, mama, and you are not there, I'll be mama for you. I will step in and I will be mama for you. And that is my commitment. I'll be everybody's mama. Can you be everyone's friend? Can you be everyone's supporter? Can you be everyone's everything? Absolutely not. But when it comes to being ethical, 
when it comes to integrity, when it comes to being anti-racist, when it comes to humanity, where do you stand? What side are you on? I'm going to always be on the side that watches a cop kneel on a man's neck for over nine minutes and think, this is wrong. This cannot happen in my world. This should not happen in my world. And there is no argument for the other side because humanity because breathing is non-negotiable and he couldn't breathe. Rest in peace to George Floyd and countless other people who were killed by militarized police We pray for their families, we hold space for them, and we will continue to fight. If you have a question you would like us to answer, send a voice memo to hahopodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at hahopodcast. I'm your host, Miss Danielle, and I am committed to showing up in our world as my best self and hoping that others will join me. Our executive... Producer is Emma Martins, who is also committed to showing up in the world as her best self and hoping that others will do the same. Help a Human Out is produced by Red Rock Music, a company that is also committed to showing up and making sure people get to be themselves and is powered by Acast. Also committed to the same thing. We'll see you next time. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.